Hello and welcome back to Parallel Passion. If you're a regular listener, please share the show with your friends. You can also support us via Patreon. Every like, every retweet and every dollar helps us with reaching a wider audience. Thanks. With me today is Raita van der Eiswijk, who quite recently started her career as a software developer. Before that, she was in the marketing field for over 15 years. She likes kickboxing and yoga, but I know her as a serial event organizer. We talked about all of that in the show, so let's get right to it. Hey, Raita, welcome to Parallel Passion. Hi, good morning, Mia. How are you? I, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's an early morning. <laughs> yes, this is pretty early, uh, 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm fine. I had my coffee, so I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's important part of the morning. <laughs> For me, it is, yes. It's kind of like my fuel of the day. Yeah, I, I agree, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I only had one, so I need two more, and then like I'm really awake. Two more. So, yes, <laughs> almost there. <laughs> and um, I know you're uh, you go to the gym often, so is that more like a morning thing for you, or like an afternoon after work? Uh, it's an after work thing. It's just uh, I go to the gym uh, just to clear my head. Well, because during the day uh, I'm uh, um, I'm in my head a lot thinking so um after work i need to like uh, to get everything out and uh i i love to go to the gym i can just uh kickbox my way out of it <laughs> so oh okay so i, I thought you're just like uh, going to to fitness but if you're kickboxing that's uh way more serious i guess yeah well no it's not just uh kickboxing it's also the gym uh so just the the the, the, the weightlifting and the, the yoga and uh, everything but uh, the kickboxing i really like I've, I've been kickboxing since i was 15 so um it's it's uh, it's a very nice way for me to to clear my head and think about nothing else than just like punching the bag <laughs> yeah mm. Uh, re- remind me to be nice around you in person. <laughs> <laughs> I will not kick your ass. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get into into kickboxing? Uh, well, when I was fifteen, I was looking for a for a for a sport I could just. Uh, well, actually, I I needed something to to vent. I needed a sport where I could just like uh, um, where the training would be so intense that during the training you could think of nothing else than just you and the sports you're doing and uh, i i kind of missed it because normally just I, I i tried a different i tried different sports as well um group sports for instance that's not for me i really cannot work with other people in sports <laughs> because well the thing is i'm a real fanatic i i do not like losing well now I, i'm a grown-up so now I, I can handle losing but when i was younger i could not deal with it so when you're part of a team and you feel like others are not giving their hundred percent i would get so pissed <laughs> so i decided to skip the group sports and just go for the individual sports and um then i had no one to blame but myself and, <laughs> And that works for me also because it's it's like uh, so again it's like I, I always have to give my everything um, because then I feel this this uh, because then I feel like that I actually um, I worked out I have this feeling of satisfaction as in okay now my body feels tired now I'm done for the day so when I was fifteen I still needed that 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 um, well. Um, I needed the feeling of, of uh, okay, I'm tired, my body has worked, and now I can go to bed. Mm. So you're competing in kickboxing as still? or No, been there, done that. I'm too old for that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it's a very, it looks like a very dangerous sport. I mean, with, with boxing, at least the, like, y- you don't get kicked in the head with a knee or something, but here you can. Yes, so that's that's why I do not, uh, no, 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 no more. I don't go into the ring anymore. Uh, I... Uh, I trained for that. I came home with so many bruises uh, that, that I couldn't walk straight. So I'm done. Oh, yeah. What's not to love about that sport? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yay. So then I was 19 and I was, okay, I'm done. Yeah, the training is still nice. It's intense. I love that. 
And you said you also do like yoga for um, for balance and and stuff. Um, did you start with that also at like fifteen, or is it more like a, a later addition? Yeah, that's a later addition. Um, it's to keep my flexibility because my uh, um, I trained my muscles. Uh, well, just on, on just the, the 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 strength part of it. So I needed to stretch them as well. So I'd have like lean and strong muscles instead of just short and strong muscles so um i kind of made the decision that uh, it's also like it's it's about the balance about the yin and the yang mm -hmm. so a lot of uh, uh strength and uh, uh power training just just is too much i needed to compensate that with some uh, yoga and stretching as well and that's like a, a perfect combination for me it works out just fine yeah okay yeah so do, do you do any yoga? No, I, I know I should. But you no, know, the, the thing with me is I really like running and I don't like doing anything else. Mm. <laughs> so, so I just run. <laughs> just running? Yeah. So like if, if uh, a boxer or a kickboxer approaches me, I can outrun them. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my tactic. <laughs> that's a good thing. So you're a sprinter. <laughs> no, I'm a long distance runner. But, you know, I can sprint for a while. Just enough. I guess. Okay, just enough to get away from yeah. kickboxers. <laughs> and I imagine you won't be following me around for like 40 kilometers, so I'm good. <laughs> oh, no, no. I uh, no, I have a scooter. I will get you, but no. Oh, yeah, a scooter. That's an uh, electric one or uh, like a standard one? Yeah, just a standard cheap one because I live close to Amsterdam uh, and, and I go to Amsterdam quite a lot. You cannot go with a, a Vespa or a Piaggio or expensive scooter to Amsterdam because it yeah. will get stolen. Yeah. Just definitely. Or, or they will just break it down and steal pieces of it. <laughs> so I just have this cheap scooter and it just brings me from home to Amsterdam. Uh, so I'm I'm happy. It's interesting because when I was in Amsterdam, like everyone was just riding bikes. Uh, like everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the only people on foot, I guess, were tourists. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And even, oh my God, so the, the tourists who rent bikes in Amsterdam, <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's very, it's very dangerous because in Amsterdam we also have, we have trams, we have buses, we have taxis, and yes, we also have other bicycles and pedestrians. So the tourists, for tourists, this is just overwhelming and they miss so much of the traffic and, uh, it, yes, they're, they're kind of a hazard. Yeah, I know. I mean, even just walking around for me was a hazard because they're like bicycles ignore you if, if you're, uh, I mean, cyclists ignore you if you're a, if you're like pedestrian. They're like, oh, go away. This is this is my town. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's that's how they treat it. And also, if you, I mean, the real the Amsterdamers who who've been cycling their entire life, they 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 know their way around and. They can be like, they can be really fast. They don't care about every about anyone in the traffic, and they just ignore the red stoplight and just go. Yeah. But then, yes, that's that's it's an Amsterdam thing, though. It, it is, it is, and it is a bit dangerous. But I, I guess I got sort of used to it after a week. But still, um, dan dangerous city. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not just kickboxers and and cyclists miha it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i um, i don't know i don't know i, I may maybe even scared more now that i was before because you know like everyone's kickboxing but you know <laughs> yes everybody all of them yeah. all of them <laughs> all of them yes we, yeah. we all own uh, bicycles and we all know how to fight <laughs> i can't run as fast as you can cycle that's definitely true <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there you go. I don't cycle though. I, it's not my thing. It's it's. I've been cycling ever since I could. Well, I think uh, I was four or something. Yes, because I had to go to kindergarten on my bicycle together with my mother. So I was like four when I uh, uh, learned how to cycle, and ever since I did everything on my bicycle. So during my uh, so d during my my, uh, my my days in college, I did everything on the bicycle. And afterwards, when I landed my first job, I had to go to my work with my bicycle. I did everything on my bicycle. So <laughs> at one point, I just uh, and in, in Amsterdam we have these canals and we have these bridges, so it, it can be it can be hard. Um, 
and 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 when you arrive on your destination you're always sweating mm -hmm. because you have to cycle you had to cycle for half an hour and and you're like so all my makeup was black <laughs> and my hair was nah. <laughs> maybe maybe you're just going too fast because like amsterdam is a pretty flat city as a city like if, yeah sure you have canals but other than that it's just flat yeah it is we don't have mountains no <laughs> But we have the bridges and and uh, yeah, we have yes, they're very nice though. But I never, I never really actually, I've never viewed Amsterdam as a tourist. It was just like it's my hometown. So yeah, mm. yeah. Now um, to talk a bit about um, where where you come from, like you have a background in like marketing. As far as I understand, you were coding on the side even like even then, and now like what like how long ago did you make the did you decide to to make it a, a primary thing mm, when i decided to make it, i wanted to code for quite a while actually but um i never found the opportunity to to go for it because well i uh, i had a, a job and working uh, on a side project project and learning how to code while you have a full-time job is really hard mm -hmm. so um i think uh, three years ago and how come you were interested in, in coding given back when working in, in marketing what got you interested in in this well um so i own my own company and uh i did a uh, most of the marketing mm -hmm. actually i did the marketing and i noticed that everything i every time i wanted to do something um uh, uh, something some uh, well i wanted to for instance uh, uh implement a google tag manager and i wanted to track stuff and i wanted to and i needed this piece of code but also if i want to embed uh stuff on the website i needed to do something with code again and every time i wanted to do something cool or measure or monitor or track or whatever mm -hmm. I always had to work with code and I had no idea. So every time I just asked the, um, uh, my developer, could you just help me out with this? And which was fine. It was like five minutes work, but then I had to ask them all the time. And it took a while because they were like, yeah, okay. So this is not important. It's just like embedding stuff and just putting it on the right place. And at one point I was like fed up and I was like, yeah, I want to do this myself, but I keep bothering them and it's taking time and so maybe i should learn this myself also at the time we had drones coming up and uh, 3d printing and vr and so tech was like booming mm -hmm. and i felt I, like i was missing the boat or something because it, i had i didn't know anything about it yeah and i, I saw you were also interested in, in raspberry pi at least like scrolling through your through your twitter media um so, uh, do do you still play around with that? Oh, there was a a work thingy of a oh, okay. Yes, so it's it's a yeah. That was that was fun because I had to build something with the Raspberry Pi, but well, I was surrounded by uh, developers, and uh, for me, it was my first time with the Raspberry Pi, and mm. all these developers were like, "Oh, toy! So, what do you have to build?" <laughs> And I told her, I have to build this and this and that. I had no idea how this <laughs> worked. They were, yeah, okay, yes, well, I have the same thing at home. I can help you. So eventually they built this thing and, and I just watched. <laughs> well, that's useless. <laughs> yes. So the, the, I kind of know how to, <laughs> but they were so excited. Then I was like, okay, fine. Just, yeah, okay, go ahead, build it. Yeah, because that's what I was about to ask you. Like with with Raspberry Pi, I mean, they're the coolest thing ever. It's like, how can you make a solid computer this cheap? But then again, I always have a question: Why do people use it for? Because like it's not powerful enough to be like a general purpose computer. So you just do it for like one hobby thing or or whatever. Um, so like for me, it, it runs now um, a home bridge so I can control my espresso machine via, via HomePod. <laughs> but oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, can turn, I can turn it on and off and I can set my Slack status via it, but, but that's basically it. Well, we use it uh, uh, work, we use it for, for the Chromecast. Uh, so basically we have a dashboard with, with metrics uh, and uh, uh, with the Raspberry Pi, we can keep it running 24-7. So instead of just uh, running it on a machine, on the big screen, we just have the Raspberry Pi. And uh, so it's nothing fancy, really. Oh, I wish it was. Now I can't tell you how fancy uh, 
the, the fancy stuff I built with the Raspberry <laughs> Pi, which I actually did not build myself. <laughs> but I did a uh, um, uh, I did a bit of my homework, and I was really interested in what else you could do with it. Like what you said, I had no idea you could actually control your espresso machine. Wow, you can do that! Yeah, you you need like a, a smart switch, quote unquote. Um, but the ones I have are not compatible with uh, Apple's uh, HomeKit. Um, so with Raspberry Pi, you can you can go around that. <laughs> That's all there is. Huh. So th- th- it's basically like on my on my command, uh, Siri is telling is relaying that to Raspberry Pi, and Raspberry Pi is just sending like an HTTP request to to the smart switch, and that turns the espresso machine on. Oh. So. It's like it's basically a Rube Goldberg machine for turning the espresso machine on. Oh my god! <laughs> just so, just so I don't have to walk like three meters or something. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. You are such a developer. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, but I I think anyone um, comes at that at some point. Like once you have the basics down, you just want to automate everything. And I'm I'm pretty sure you're at that stage already. Oh, you think? Yeah, but the thing is that that. Yeah, I want to automate things, but it's, I just I don't know how and what. And so the Raspberry Pi was like, "Ooh, you can do more stuff." But it's uh, it's uh, personally, I think it's very expensive. You think it's expensive? It's it's like twenty euros or whatever. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's it's super cheap. That's the that's the whole point of it. Like you get the like a working computer for like next to nothing. It's twenty euros. Oh yeah. Well, I, they ordered it to work. I thought it was like a hundred euros. Oh no 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 no! It's it's very cheap. So the one I have is the the zero one, which has um, which is like a really really tiny one, and it has Wi-Fi chip, and that's all I need. Huh. The expensive one is forty euros, and the cheap one is eleven euros. <laughs> oh well, that's not. It's not expensive. So you can actually buy them in bulk and you have like all these tiny mini computers. Yeah. So you can just sit in your living room, do nothing. Yeah. You just need a robot who can actually bring you your coffee. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I, I still want to make my coffee myself, you know. <laughs> oh. But yeah, you could. I mean, if you have like a fully automated machine, I guess you could program it to, to do that. Um <laughs> Everything is uh, Internet of Things now. Everything is connected, so you just um, need to find out how to how to do it. So. Yeah. Also, it's it's pretty. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I really want to automate everything because <laughs> I am a lazy person, and then I'll never get out of the house. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it gets even worse if you're working remotely. <laughs> then you really don't get out. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if the weather is great, I mean, now it's summertime, then. You just like yeah but it's hot you know outside today it will be like 30 degrees yeah i agree yes you don't want to be there yes how, how much is that for americans i don't know a lot. that's 86 oh yeah it's a big number <laughs> I, I have no correlation <laughs> no neither no but the, yes no when it's 30 degrees outside i'd rather stay in yeah. So how long have you been um, working as a, as a developer now? Oh, I just started. I just landed my first job as a developer in March. March 1st. Well, you know, it's it's end of June already, so... Is it? Oh, yes. Time, time, it, time flies. It, it, wow, okay. <laughs> well, so almost four months. <laughs> yes. And you were in a, in a boot camp, right? Uh, well, I started three years ago uh, in a develop, uh, development boot camp. That was just a one-week boot camp. Mm-hmm. Um, then... Uh, it was at Codesur. I was a very first student. And then uh, I started working uh, with also marketing, sales, uh, customer uh, uh, relationship with uh, at uh, AppSignal. And then um, uh, then I did the three month, the, the nine week uh, coding academy, mm-hmm. also at Codesur, uh, which ended January this year. And it, and then I landed my first job as a developer at Young Capital. So now I work there uh, as a junior developer at Team Platform. Basically, we do a lot of the DevOps stuff. We are just the Team DevOps infrastructure. So for now, it's just a lot of uh, engineering and building, designing infrastructure, then then coding. Mm-hmm. So the coding is uh, on the side for now. How does this um, coding academy look like? Because like when way back when I was starting 
this wasn't a thing. I think all these boot camps and coding academies are like popping up in the last three, four years, something like that. Um, so I have no idea how it is to actually be in one. So like, could you, I don't know, briefly explain your experience with that? Um, well, the, the, the coding academy is pretty immersive. It's very intense. So before I started, the, uh, they said that, so this is nine weeks, a nine, nine weeks course, a pretty hardcore, you will be off the grid for nine to 10 weeks, mm -hmm. which means that also after, and, and it's a, it's a physical class. So you have to go to class and uh, with the, with the fellow students uh, and you have a teacher and um, he or she will explain the, the topic of the day and you get to work on it, but you actually have to physically go there. Um, so we went to, uh, we had class from nine, nine 30 AM till six. Oh, it's like a working day, mm -hmm. five days a week. Sometimes uh, we had a, a hackathon on Saturday, then it was uh, six days a week. Uh, and we always had uh, assignments in the weekend. We can, we could, oh, actually we had to work on an assignment. And before Sunday, 8 p.m., we had to send it to the, the academy so they could, uh, uh, so, so they could like judge your work and uh, see how you did. That sounds very exhausting. Yeah, it was pretty hardcore. I learned a lot though, uh, but it, 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 I really was off the grid. So there was nine weeks, no birthday parties, uh, no, no parties whatsoever, <laughs> no nothing. I didn't even have time to go to the gym. So my head was full and I was so exhausted. I just couldn't go to the gym. Yeah, I, I guess that makes it even worse. I know how I am when I don't go running for a while. Like I just, I feel even more exhausted than I would if, if I would go running, which uh, sounds counterintuitive, yes. but um, it's it's definitely true. Exactly that, yes. But the thing is, well, it's, 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 I could do this because I knew that it was only for nine weeks. Uh, so I had this, I had this thing set in my head that it mm -hmm. just go for it. It's just nine weeks and, and well, you can do it. Uh, I can go to the gym afterwards. It's not, it's not a permanent thing because uh, then it would be too much. So I, I also, I, I kind of like, um, I don't know. I made the switch in my head. This, this is the only thing I do for now for nine weeks mm -hmm. basically. And, and that worked for me and it was the only thing I, I just, uh, I even dreamt about code. Whoops, <laughs> yeah. And do you like? Is there a, a curriculum more like web based, or is it like general purpose programming? How like what? What's the focus on? Um, mostly uh, backend. Uh, so the first four weeks was uh, uh, Ruby and uh, Rails, and after four, yeah, after four weeks. They said, okay, forget everything you've learned, <laughs> Ruby and Rails, we're going to teach you JavaScript <laughs> and uh, React, and we're going to throw in some Redux, and, uh, and after nine weeks, you can uh, build an app, yeah. uh, front-end, back-end, everything. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, I mean, you can build an app with, without React, but because... Uh, <laughs> I, well, my, maybe I'm just saying that because I'm not uh, a big fan of JavaScript frameworks. I'm very much a backend developer, but I guess the world is moving in that direction now. Yeah, well, so apparently you can do, um, uh, you can also build very nice backend uh, uh, applications with JavaScript. So actually, that's that's what what, what I've learned. Mm -hmm. So it's not just uh, the front end part, but you can also use JavaScript for for the back end. Oh yeah, sure. It's sure. pretty nifty though, but but it's a uh, it, it it's it's a lot. So you have to just you have to keep on learning. The, the academy doesn't stop uh, just there after nine weeks. For me, it's 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 um, it's been a constant journey of learning uh, everything. Hmm. So this this it's uh, it's been intense, but it's been very uh, valuable for me mm. and do they help you finding a job at the end or is, is that completely up to you um well you you have to do the the effort and that will invite uh, so uh, on the final day of a demo day you have a uh, you, ha you can show your family uh, so it's a graduation day mm -hmm. and you can show everyone what you what you've built with your team um and then they also invite um uh, potential employers or, or companies who are looking for the young uh, junior developers. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, they do help you. Yes. Cool. But uh, yeah, but you have to you have to be active at the part as well. So if you've always wanted to work for a company X, then yeah, go ahead and ask them. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, that's a good thing about being a, a software developer right now. We are very much in need. So pretty much every company is hiring. <laughs> yes, it is. The thing is, they're not they're not all hiring juniors. Oh, yeah, that is true. But um, while I understand this, in some cases, in general, I really oppose this strategy because um, I think hiring a junior is not only good for, like, I don't know, advancing their career path. It's also good for the company because um, if you, as you know, like the whole thing about rubber duck programming and all that, like if you have to explain the stuff to someone, you understand it better. Yeah. And with better understanding, you can make it better in the in the future, and and everyone benefits. Yeah, I totally agree. But the thing is, if it's a if it's small company and I want to grow fast and I have a lot of stuff to do, then it only takes time. And uh, so then a senior has to just like sacrifice the, the valuable hours he could have coded stuff himself, but uh, I was using it for. That's the exact thing. I I, I don't agree when people say that because like it it it's not coding is not one hundred percent writing. Like you have to think about stuff and and all the stuff. Whenever you're thinking about, you're writing it down or I don't know, talking to your rubber duck or whatever. Mm. You can do that with a person. You can pair program and even yes. for I don't know. Maybe I'm making this up, but I know it would be true for me. Like even when I was a junior, just seeing someone code and like. Um, watching them go through their coding process, even that would be very beneficial. And, you know, juniors are much cheaper than seniors. And eventually you get them to a level where they can contribute. And I guess this can happen fairly fast if everyone is really into this. On board. Yes, I totally agree. I wish more companies uh, were like that. Yeah. more juniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. It's just, you know, there's a lot of excuses like the couple you mentioned. And I, I just, I don't know, from my practice, at least maybe maybe uh, it's it's my, um, my subjective opinion because uh, from what I've been exposed, but I've been in this industry uh, like for over 10 years and I, I've pretty much seen it all, like from the tiny companies to startups to uh, bigger companies and pretty much everyone I think would benefit having someone with a bit less knowledge around just so... Um, because I, I th- like I said, I think this is very beneficial. Whenever you have to think through what you're doing and explain it to someone you arrive at better conclusions. Yeah. So have you mentored or coached Junior or are you still coaching, mentoring? I'm not right now and not at the previous company, but before that I, I did um, at pretty much every every company. Because actually the first one I really worked on, I was taken on as a junior and pretty rapidly I was mentoring others. Oh, wow. you know, it, it, you know, it was an agency thing and I don't know how it is in, in, uh, in the Netherlands, but here like, um, people don't stay long at the, at the agency gigs. No. Um, yeah, they, they move on fast, like, because mm. it's, it's stressful, it's high tempo, it's everything. So you, you constantly lose people and you constantly gain people and they need to be educated fast. So, um, and yeah, I, I enjoy that. I mean, I also participated in all the, um, I don't know, Rails Girls and stuff like that. But I don't know if you can really call that mentoring, but I, I try to be around. I try to mentor people. I sort of enjoy doing that. Uh-huh. Um, but it is harder doing it remotely. That's definitely true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish I would do it more. But, um, yeah, you know how it goes. Yes, I do. Well, I really uh, value uh, having mentors because I was lucky I had two. I still have two mentors. And they help me once in a while mm-hmm. with everything, not just the coding part, but also, like, uh, how do you set up your environment and uh, uh, just the basic stuff as well. Like I said, I'm still a junior, so I'm still learning. And oh, But that's the thing. We all are. This is the field that is constantly evolving, yeah. constantly changing. So like yeah. I said, I don't know anything about React because that just passed me by. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not particularly interested in that, which is why I never learned it. But I know that I, if I really needed it, I could, right? Yes. So, yeah. You know, and also another thing I, le- I learned um, in my uh, four months being a developer is that 
all developers are so opinionated. <laughs> it's, it's insane, Miha. Oh my god! <laughs> all they have an opinion, <laughs> and they're not afraid to to let the world know. It's it's uh, yes, strong opinions. It's nice to hear them though, because sometimes it's 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 ridiculous, and sometimes they actually have a, a point. But. Uh, um, yeah, that's it's it's the fun stuff as well. It's it's like uh, uh, having a, a a conversation or a discussion, but then in Slack or this one on one. It's 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 really. I had no idea, but it's actually it's, it's a thing. <laughs> so it's not just one tool, but this tool is the best thing <laughs> ever. No, you have to. I mean, everybody knows it. This this is it. <laughs> You know how it is with opinions. Like I, I try to stick with um, strong opinions. Weekly held. So, like while I do have a strong opinion, I am also not afraid to change it. But you know, in practice, that um, doesn't happen as often as I would like. I guess. <laughs> ah, so so you're also one of those very opinionated developers. <laughs> yeah, like you said, all of us are. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but you've been surrounded by developers for a while. You're um, organizing the Amsterdam Ruby group, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. How how did you get into that? Um, um, I was asked to help uh, organizing the uh, the event because uh, well, previously I was. Uh, well, it it is also what I did um, on the side. I uh, helped out at conferences uh, um, and uh, organized events. Because that's something I enjoyed doing. Uh, so, the the, the organizer, the, the previous organizer of the Ruby Ruby Amsterdam community, asked me to 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 help him out because he didn't have time. Mm -hmm. So that's how I actually just uh, fell into the Amsterdam Ruby community, and I really loved it because that's so nice. It, the people are nice. They're very friendly. They're very open, and they're not. They're they're very open minded. I I really like that. Really enjoy that. And that's also what 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 I think is uh, um, what made me stay and and what what made me um, learn how to code even more, mm -hmm. because the developers there were more than than happy to to give me pointers and tips and help me out. And even there, they 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 offered to mentor me. So I, I was I really felt uh, I really felt uh, at ease there and and uh, very happy with all the, the developers who offered to help. So now, yeah, I've been doing it for one and a half year or so. Oh, already! Wow. Yeah, yes, and uh, I try to do it every month. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, uh, in 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 May, I helped organizing the the Ross conference. Yeah. Uh, the Ruby Open Source conference together with uh, uh, Floor Dreis, who is a developer advocate at uh, Fusion, and Sebastian Gressel. Uh, who is a software developer at Red Hat, and Lika Bone, who works at uh, GitHub as a program manager. And, uh, um, and th that's where I met you, Miha. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, uh, at the ROS conference. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, I, I've been at the first ROS conference, which was in, uh, in Vienna. And I, I really, really like the, the concept, but... Um, since you're the organizer, why, why don't you explain it? <laughs> uh, the, the concept? Yeah. So uh, the initiator of the, the ROS conference was, uh, were actually both uh, Floor and uh, Sebastian. And they, uh, um, they thought it was pretty, uh, it was, so the format that they thought out was uh, to invite uh, some uh, core maintainers of the Ruby open source projects. Um, and... Uh, where actually the participants could work actively together with the maintainers because they found out that most of the conferences did not um, give the opportunity to uh, work on the open source project. Also because for me, if for instance, I, I'm a new, newbie, for me it's, it's hard to... Um, start working on an open source project. Mm -hmm. So I go to this conference, I hear, the, I hear this amazing open source maintainer talking about his or her project, and I'm like, oh, this is so exciting. I, I really want to contribute. I really want to work on this. And then another talk starts, uh, or, or the, 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 the speaker gets overwhelmed by questions, and hmm. I kind of forget, and I go <laughs> home, and I just, 
end up not contributing. And also I'm kind of scared because I don't know what they expect. And, and I'm like, okay, just never mind. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, at, at least for me, is like, I don't know where it is that they really need contributions and whether like i don't know if i spend an afternoon or something and then it won't get merged or or it won't it will be ignored it's like yeah why why did i even do that so i i so whenever i do like com contribute to open source it's more like bug fixes or or stuff like that i almost never work on on features well yeah and also you don't know what to expect and 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 mm -hmm. but the, the, and i for instance i have no idea so the pull request how do they want it to be how, how should it i had no idea what should what should i put in and what what do i not put in um it, it was it to me it's it's scary as hell mm -hmm. um so Uh, the ROS conference, you will get the opportunity as a participant to work in a group or even pair program if you, if you like that uh, with other uh, with another developer while working with the maintainer uh, uh, itself uh, herself or himself uh, on the project. And the thing is that that they can also explain more about the project. Mm -hmm. If you have questions, uh, um, you can uh, you can just lay everything on the table. And there were so many pull requests that, yeah. that, 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 that it, it's insane. And the newbies, oh, and there were like, I think seven, there were seven students there from another coding academy from Le Wagon. Yeah, that was really, really impressive. Yes. And they also uh, submitted some pull requests. And there was one guy who just coded for two weeks. Mm. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and it was, he was also really excited. He was Scared as hell, of course. <laughs> um, I mean, I would be. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember in, in Vienna, um, Katrina was also there. And I was always uh, a fan of her of her talks. Like I, I think she's one of the best speakers in the in the Ruby community. Yeah. And I like whatever. I really really like her. And she was there. And I really like Exorcism as well. And back then, I I got to work with her on Exorcism. And like you know, that was. I, I really, really enjoy that. And it's something that if you just randomly contribute to open source, you generally don't have that feeling. You're, you're not as excited because you don't know what to expect once you're done. Yeah. But here, you know, like this is what they need and, and they help you out. And it's, it's, it's great. And this year, like in Amsterdam, I worked on Homebrew, which is a tool I use like daily. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's, it's really, um, it's exciting. Yes. I know, yeah, and Alyssa, she's also she's amazing, <laughs> and actually all the all the uh, the maintainers. So before they uh, before we started the Ross conference, we had a, a boat trip on the canals in Amsterdam. So we showed them around, um, and which also was was a <laughs> was quite an experience for for <laughs> the for the yeah for the speakers as well. And the weather was great, thank God. Um, so we tried to make the speakers feel uh, at ease as well um, so at the ross conference we had a few sponsors and um, we had a, we still have a little bit of budget left so with that money we try to well now we try we are inviting other speakers to come over to our amsterdam ruby conference uh, so we can see if maybe we can turn each amsterdam ruby meetup into a maybe any mini tiny conference oh nice Well, yes. well, do let me know if that happens. Well, yeah. So um, in September and October, we have a few hot shots. We invited over. We are going to fly them over. Oh. Uh, yes. And, and uh, so, that, yeah. So these are also the, the, the perks of uh, um, organizing a conference. You get sponsor money and you can use it for the other good stuff as well. So uh, like uh, flying in other speakers. So this is uh, this is something we we hope to to continue. Yeah, that's that's always good. I mean, I'm I'm organizing meetups here in in Slovenia, um, but like uh, like we we spoke a bit about that in Amsterdam. Yes, the did. thing is like um, we used to do it every month, but then because community is rather small, like Ljubljana has three hundred thousand people roughly. Um, and you know there are not that many Ruby developers. It's not a very popular language. Yeah. At least at least here. 
Um, and at some point, you like there are no more speakers left. Like everyone has been on a couple of times, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to do it anymore." Yes. And you know, so you end up without speakers. Yes. But like you said, if you have speaker money to fly people in, like yeah, then then it can get really really cool. Yes, exactly. And now um, I'm trying to see if I can um, uh, find sponsors to pay for that. So because I mean, the sponsor money we have left from the Ross Conference will just uh, will will finish if we have uh, to if you fly over two speakers. So for the for the one maybe in November or December, um, I can uh, invite someone. Another Ruby speaker, keynote speaker, and then um, ask the, uh, a company to host and pay mm -hmm. for the flight and transfer as well. And um, since the community is growing in Amsterdam, I think yeah, Amsterdam Ruby is 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 the, no, I don't think I know it's the largest uh, Amsterdam uh, Ruby meet. Uh, it's the largest Ruby meetup in uh, in Holland. Um, so what I've noticed is there are also a lot of developers showing up at the Amsterdam Ruby meetup who are not from Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if the if the program is is uh, interesting enough, people will travel. Oh yeah yeah. Come sure. to and listen to the yeah and and listen to the speakers. So hopefully if we can uh, improve the quality of the talks and if we can fly in speakers and if companies are willing to pay um, then you don't really need to be just um you don't have to organize just for your uh for me i don't don't have to organize just for the amsterdamers and for you maybe you don't have to organize just for your particular local uh city yeah you can do it for and everyone can travel and come come over to you and listen to your speakers because it's interesting yeah yeah i mean we we had a couple of ideas of doing like um a couple of countries wide Ruby conference at some point, but then, you know, um, I guess we're not as determined in organizing as you are, uh, which is sort of like lost interest over time because no one was like super dedicated to it. So you know how it happens when you have yeah. uh, like four people working on it, you really have to be focused. Otherwise everyone thinks, Oh, the other person will do that. And then no, then no one does it. <laughs> yes. That's that's uh, that's true. That's definitely true. And yeah, and also it takes a lot of time to organize this. So yeah, if if we have four doing it for the Rosconf, it's it's uh, it, yes. Well, Floor did most of the heavy lifting though, but it helps. And for the Amsterdam Ruby, um, because it's it's sort of quote unquote popular. Um, mm -hmm. There are a lot of companies who are just like willing to host and they're just like throwing money. Here, take my money. <laughs> Can I please host? Um, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. That's really, it makes it much easier, I guess. It makes it easier, yes. But it's not, I, I definitely, we can only host this in Amsterdam because it's an Amsterdam Ruby meetup. Mm. So many companies already just like emailed me and yes, can you come to uh, Zandam, which is not Amsterdam? Uh, or or uh, Harlem or mm -hmm. wherever, and I, I no, we can't. I can't. <laughs> it's an Amsterdam Ruby thing. You can do like an Amsterdam excursion, or you know something like that. <laughs> As in, uh, what do you mean? It, it just like oh, we're we're taking we're we're getting a bus and we're taking all the developers somewhere. It could be fun. <laughs> yes. So there was this company who actually suggested that. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, we have buses, but it was a it was a, a one hour drive. Oh wow, yeah. So they had to spend two hours in a bus on a Tuesday after work, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, not gonna road. happen. <laughs> no, and I really, really, really wanted to have the Amsterdam Ruby in Almere. So like, why mm. just come over to Amsterdam? Yeah, but well, it's it's it, I I can imagine that that, uh, but then maybe they should try to organize something themselves. And well, what do you like so much about organizing events? Because I know, like you do, like you mentioned, this meetups and Rosconf, and I also know you did like uh, TEDx at some point. So yeah, um, I did. what what drives you to organize all these things? It's the connecting people, and and networking, and uh, um. And finding people who have the same interests as you have, mm -hmm. like-minded people. That's that's it basically. Just just uh, 
meeting new people, uh, making new friends, uh, talking about the same stuff you uh, that you you also like. Uh, yeah, but you can do that just as an attendee. You don't you don't have to be the organizer to do that. True. The thing is, what I've learned: if you organize stuff, um, people. So, so besides the, the the work and the time, uh, people really uh, well. They come up to you if they have questions, but they also come up to you if they want to help. And 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 um, somehow, somehow, if you are an organizer, uh, um, you're more into the the, the community or into the you're in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and uh, um, you're it's it's you're more accessible to all the attendees. Mm-hmm. So if I need something, if I uh, am stuck with something uh, regards to the event, I can ask anyone there. Um, so if, if, for instance, if, 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 if something fails during a conference and we have a tiny problem, uh, I know who to ask what just to help me solve things. Um, but besides that, besides just knowing everyone there, it's, it's, it's mostly about the, the, the talks I have and, and the conversations and making new friends and, and having this recursive, uh, um, meetup every month. Uh, so you get to meet the same. It's like going to the gym. If you go to the gym every week, you meet the same people, um, and you, you you make new friends. It's the same thing with with the with the meetup. Mm-hmm. But just when when you when you organize, it's like if you go to the gym and you're like the teacher of a group. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're like um, more exposed, and people like I don't know. Uh, more more introverted people are like not as afraid to come to you because you are sort of like a public figure in in that yeah. area while as if you're just one of the other people they might not maybe but also because they come over they come up to me and and, and sometimes uh, i just go over to them uh, hey a new face so who are you what are you doing here and we have a conversation because I can, mm-hmm. because I, I'm the organizer, I can ask them and I get to know them. And also I learn a lot of stuff. I learn stuff like, uh, uh, because I, I try to ask uh, feedback as much as I can. And I learned that, uh, well, this talk was good, but maybe too technical. Uh, and another person may say, I learned so much because of this technical talk. So I found an I thought, okay, I have to make a balance. So not just tech talks, also soft talks. Yeah. I also learned that, that uh, people, some developers go to the Ruby meetup, not for the talks at all, but just to network. Oh yeah, that's me. That's definitely me. I I, I don't care about the talks. There you go. Even at conferences. I mean, RustConf is different because you go there basically to work and stuff. But like a general conference, I will spend the most of the time in the hallway trying to meet new people or hang out with people that I already know. And I just, you know, because we're working remotely or because we're from different countries, we don't get to see each other that often. Yeah. And like at there we we meet and we can go out and we, I don't know, meet some locals or, or whatever. So yeah, I, I definitely see your point there. So next month in July, um, we will have uh, drinks and laughs. Mm. So no talks, yeah. just <laughs> networking. Yeah, we have seen, we, we'll have one tiny talk. Uh, actually, in two days <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah um and it's uh, yeah one one tiny talk and after that it's like yeah just uh hanging out um because uh from our experience it turned out better if there is at least some content then people have higher chance of of coming um but you know it's uh it's good as, as long as people come i'm happy <laughs> yeah exactly well um I like to have a, a variety of, of uh, well, so not just technical talks, not just soft talks, but also, uh, uh, um, yeah, like I said, the next month we have the drinks and laughs. Um, I also organized a pub quiz. Oh, that's nice. Yes, so, but it's not just like Ruby questions, but it's uh, all about computers. And <laughs> it was really, yeah, it was fun. So I organized it in a, in a bar. Um, we had some beers and other drinks and so everything for everyone and it was sponsored and, uh, and the winner, uh, so the group, the team who won the pub quiz got some beer. So that was just fun. And I, um, 
and I shared it again with everybody. So it was, I tried to do a lot of things, uh, a different uh, format uh, once in a while because that's what people ask me and, and that's what I, what I hear when I ask for feedback. Um, so every meetup is not ideal for everyone. Uh, but well, hey, I have a program. You can look if it's the, if it's something you like. If it's too technical, then you can stay home, or uh, maybe just uh, uh, join for the first talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like to to meet people, uh, join for the drinks and laughs. If you think it's hard to walk to someone and just because you're hey you're a developer and you're an introvert, you don't know how to talk to people, then <laughs> talk to me. And that's what they do. They find me and then they're like, hey, this is me. I'm new. Um, I asked their interest and then I kind of connect them. So, hey, she's also new. Go talk. You have the same interest. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 good. That's really nice of you. <laughs> How do you select speakers um, for um, like, maybe I'm even more interested here in, in TEDx um, because in, in Ruby, yeah, it's the, the field is quite narrow, but for for TEDx, basically anyone goes. So, uh, how how do you make that selection? How do you decide who who should come? Ah, so the TEDx at TEDx Amsterdam was a pretty gigantic, huge conference. Um, mm-hmm. So the 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 the, the, the Amsterdam Ruby, we just have three organizers. The Ross conference, we had four. Um, for the TEDx, we had fifty. Oh wow! Yes. So we had teams, uh, and I was on the sponsor team. Uh, okay. And you also had speakers team. Uh, I was not part of the speakers team, so I do not exactly how they did the selection. It, I know it was a very, very hard selection, um, and 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 it's uh, it sounds a bit posh, but you get invited. So the the, the, the TEDx people, the organization, they invite you. Uh, and it's supposed to be an honor to uh, talk. Oh, yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Yes, which made the sponsorship part very easy for me uh, because TEDx, it's it's a, it's great for your marketing. If you could say as a company, hey, yeah, we work, we did something with TEDx, mm. people really, be, it's also, it, it's um, it's great ideas worth spreading. That's that's the concept of, of, of TEDx. So uh, if you can be part of that as a company, then, hey, you've made it. <laughs> and it's yeah but it's it's a it's a, for the it's a, an elite thing um it's for uh um it's so if you want to be part of the the conference it's also an invite only you cannot buy tickets oh so you had yeah it's uh, yeah it's invite only that's interesting yeah so for the tedx amsterdam there was a, a an, an insane waiting list um and uh, i was part of the amsterdam tedx women uh, and there, fortunately, you could just also just buy tickets. But still, if you wanted to buy a ticket, you should just write an email with the motivation. And uh, who reads those? Like all these motivation letters. Like you, you know how many people apply to this? How, uh, that's just yes. I don't even want to know how they select because what I would do, I would just pick at random. <laughs> no, again, that's we have fifty organizers. <laughs> yeah, still, I would just pick at random. Yeah, well, it's yeah. So that it's, but it's it's a different. That's a different kind of concept and 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 conference and uh, it, it yes. So that was pretty. That's pretty intense. It's mm. it's nothing like organizing an Amsterdam Ruby meetup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine. <laughs> but yeah, I've I've never organized anything on that scale. That's that's why I was interested in that. Ah, yes. Well, it it's take it takes a lot of uh, planning as well, and also I, I learned a lot there. As a um, that's how that, so for the Amsterdam uh, Ruby at first I was just responsible also for finding sponsors and venue, and the venue every time. And at the at the TEDx conference, I learned how you can uh, ask for that without being. Uh, I don't like to beg for stuff. It's a bug. <laughs> So I like it to be a, like this. I give something to you, you give something to me, and we help each other. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Okay, and um, for uh, on on that uh, positive note, <laughs> I have a question that became sort of standard now, and I I really like it because every time I get uh, something different, and that is um, 
if you had to pick like three books or articles or videos or like whatever um, that made a lasting impression on you or like change your life or whatever, um, what would those be? Um, books, movies, everything. Yeah, yeah, anything. Just like three three things that made an impression that made a lasting impression on you. And I don't know, maybe maybe you changed your life around that. Maybe it's just a fun thing that, that you enjoy. Like, I don't know, three three recommendations. <laughs> oh my, this is such a hard question, Mia. <laughs> it's not a, just a three. It's, it's so so many. Um, yes, but it's a Dutch book. Okay. Maybe I can see if I can translate it. It's called Who Dures the Suiker? It's a book by Cynthia McLeod. Uh, if you translate it literally, it's called So How Expensive Was the Sugar? It's about the time, um, it's about slavery back in Suriname, uh, back in the time where the sugar was just expensive as gold. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a historical part. Oh, I, I think I found it, like The Cost of Sugar Yes. by Cynthia McLeod. Okay. We already found okay. it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's about this. No, it's not about sugar. <laughs> it's about this. Yeah, slavery in Suriname. So my my parents are from Suriname, and uh, uh, Suriname was the colony of Holland, mm-hmm. uh, um, and a lot of history is not being taught to kids in Holland mm-hmm. about that time, and uh, and nowadays people are learning that stuff was not always um, perfect. And was not and the Dutch were not always nice people. Well, no one was really, if you look at the history. <laughs> yeah, but this was not. This is never. This has never been told uh, at school. Yeah, that's that's sad. Yes. So this is just one book. Uh, I learned a lot also from uh, just by reading it, and I was like, oh, I had no idea it was like this. I like uh, James Patterson's the thrillers from James Patterson. Um, but that's not a that's not a fancy. That's a page turner, uh, page turner books. Which one of his would you recommend? Like for me, I've never read anything from him. So where should I start? Um, well, he has a he has a book with the uh, with this uh, detective called Alex uh, Alex something Alex Cross, and uh, he solves murders and and stuff like that. The thing is, what I find really fascinating about writers who who write these kind of books i'm like what the hell goes on in your head if you can think (laughs) of stuff like this it's so (laughs) twisted like what the hell is that so kind of fascinated by the writers as well and the third one the one i really liked was uh or i still like but not all of the 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 episodes is uh, a black mirror Mm mm-hmm Yes, I like I like it. It's not not all of them, but some of them are really uh, really scary. <laughs> so whoa, the future! Oh my god! Yeah, I mean it's um, purposely exaggerated, but still, like y- you see so many things. Like the one that really made an impression on me, and I show it to everyone who would want to to watch it, is the one from the the latest season. Um, I don't even know. I, I think it's called Nosedive. It's about the, the ratings oh. uh, and the rating system. And the thing is, they're pretty much doing that in China right now, or at least they're they're trying to implement a system like that. And it's scary. It's really scary, which is why I never like any systems like, for example, Uber. I hate that. I, I hate that I have to rate someone with stars because it what it turns into is like, Five stars is it was okay, and anything below five stars it wasn't okay. So what's the point of stars? It's it, it, like it's not it's not it's not a great system. <laughs> wow, they already have that in China. Yeah, they they have this rating system for for people, and they have uh, like face tracking everywhere and 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 anything like it's it's scary when you read about what they're trying to do because it's basically the plot of the <laughs> of Black Mirror episode. Yeah. What the hell? Oh, so yeah. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, so, so the Black Mirror, it, it's pretty confronting. And uh, I do like it though, but the, what the hell? I, I had no idea. Yeah, I will um, I, I will send you a link so you can be terrified. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even more. <laughs> 
um okay uh Reita, it, it's been it's been great having you on uh i i really enjoyed this yeah me too yeah geez i talk a lot don't i yeah well that's the that's the point like w what would be the point of podcast with someone who's like silent <laughs> yeah well fair enough but i mean in the morning uh, so yeah before i had my second cup of coffee be this talkative <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah uh thanks again yeah thank you miha bye 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 Alright, this was my interview with Raita. Parallel Passion is a new podcast, so please share it with your friends and followings. One way to do so is to write a review in Apple Podcasts. Or if you use a different app, you should rate, favorite, like, or whatever your podcast app of choice supports. But please do something, anything, because it really helps us to reach more listeners. If you enjoyed this show and want me to keep at it, you can support it with your hard-earned money. You can do so via Patreon visit patreon.com slash parpasspod. That's patreon.com slash P-A-R-P-A-S-P-O-D. Or open the show notes in your podcast app and follow the Patreon link there. Every euro or dollar counts. Thanks. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We are at parpasspod on all of them. You can retweet, share, like or submit your feedback there. All the links from this episode are in the show notes in your podcast app and on our website parallelpassion.com slash nine. Thank you and have a passionate day. <laughs>